The Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast brings you a unique view of Mesa through its vibrant business community and the subjects that are important. The podcast is produced in the Mesa Chamber of Commerce Media Studio, sponsored by the University of Phoenix. Our podcast is hosted by Mesa Chamber of Commerce CEO Sally Harrison. Please enjoy this episode of the Mesa Chamber Inside Business Podcast. We are back with our friend Pam Ostrowski. Uh, Pam was here a few days ago, and we talked about a lot of things, including dementia-friendly city and dementia-friendly Mesa and our Aging and Healthcare Committee and Pam's book, It's Not Simple, It's Not That Simple, Helping Families Navigate the Alzheimer's Journey. But I asked Pam to come back because Pam's got stories about, well, lots of lots of folks and families who have gone through um, navigating with their dementia um, or Alzheimer's uh, family members and friends. And I asked Pam to come back and just share a story because some of these stories are very sad. Yes, they can be heartbreaking. But I yeah. think the reason why, uh, and thank you for having me back. Of course. I appreciate it because the scenario that happens most frequently, I wanted to enlighten family members mm-hmm. as to how to do that, how to navigate that journey. Well, it maybe prevents some of the bad stuff, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. So what typically happens, there's the ideal situation, <coughs> which mm-hmm. is you notice your loved one is having issues and the question is really, did they have dementia? Do they have Alzheimer's? Or are they diagnosed? Mm-hmm. And then do they have any sort of recourse of what do we do with this? Because mm-hmm. the doctor will basically turn around and say, yep, you've got dementia, we'll see you in six months. And they may say, here's the Alzheimer's Association information. They may even say, here's Pam's book, uh-huh. read it. However, a family member is going to sit there and say, well, I don't I don't really, I, I can't do this. I, I can't deal with it. So we're just going to monitor, mm-hmm. right? So what happens over time is that that monitoring becomes catastrophic. And a fall happens because the house that the loved one is living in is not dementia friendly. Mm-hmm. So there's rugs and all sorts right. of things. There's cats. You know, cats tend to trip people up because sure. they wind around your feet. So a fall happens. Mm-hmm. And rather than th- them being in a, a care community where that would be alerted, they could be there for a long time because mm-hmm. they don't have a way sure. to alert. And so here they are in the hospital. The hospital doesn't know that they have dementia. So you as a family member are on, have to be on the entire time letting every care person know mm-hmm. this my, my parents have or my father or my mother has dementia mm-hmm. and they're not going to be able to follow instructions. So I am here as their healthcare power of attorney. If you mm-hmm. don't have that paperwork ready, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because as soon as you get a diagnosis, mm-hmm. you need to get, uh, if you haven't already put your healthcare power of attorney, your durable power of attorney, uh, any trust or will information hasn't been put together yet, uh, you need to do that immediately because as soon as they can't sign their name or they don't understand the documents, mm-hmm. then they're considered incompetent and you now the state takes over. So you have an estate plan. It's run by the state until you claim right. it. Right. So, but the, the thing is, so you have this individual, they've fallen. Mm-hmm. If they've hurt themselves, so let's say they fracture their hip, mm-hmm. do you get them surgery? Yeah. So then if you decide to do a hip replacement, for instance, 
and um, you know what what have how do you get through rehab? Yeah. They can't follow instructions. Right. So then what do you do? So the family is getting overwhelmed by dad fell. This doctor wants to do surgery. What do we do afterwards? You know, who's, who, who do we go to? And so you, there's this whole infrastructure that I want to reassure everyone that there is. Mm-hmm. But the number one tip is ask 100 questions. I've decided 50 was not enough. <laughs> so we're going to ask 100 questions. Before you do anything, when you're in a hospital situation, is to say, this person has dementia. What are the implications for recovery? Mm-hmm. What are the next steps when they leave the hospital? What will the discharge papers say? Mm-hmm. Because ultimately those can be very vague. Mm-hmm. Who do the discharge papers go to? Do I get copies of all of the discharge papers? The answer to that one is no, unless you ask for them. Uh-huh. So you somehow magic happens. So you have the surgery, say, and all of a sudden you're told, okay, transportation's coming and we're going to rehab. What? So there's this yeah. sense of, okay, I wasn't involved in that conversation. Uh-huh. So then you get to the discharge, the rehab center, and they say, we don't have the hospital's paperwork. We don't have the pain medication. So you need to have all of this pain, whatever medications that your loved one has, mm-hmm. pain medications as a result of a fall, whatever, and whether that involves surgery or not, uh, you know, whatever medical um, records. Recommend, records, recommendations, mm-hmm. a- any sort of information that they have needs you need copies of uh, and don't hand them off to anybody make copies first and Mm -hmm. then hand them off to people Mm -hmm. and and then call ahead so just because the hospital said they called rehab doesn't mean that rehab processed that information Mm -hmm. or that the hospital provided all of that Mm -hmm. so you say all right who who did you talk to at rehab yeah i and give me the phone number and then you call and say my parent is coming in this is what's happened. What else? What what all do you need? Do you have everything that you need so that this transition is very smooth? Mm-hmm. And you know the worst time to move someone with dementia is any time after three o'clock. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you can get it done in the morning or by two o'clock, that's yeah. perfect. Right. But don't bother after that because yeah. they're going to start to sundown because they're restless because they're not sleeping well. So it's just going to make it worse. They're going to try to get out of bed. It's better that they're in the hospital where there's more nursing staff mm-hmm. and staff in general to monitor that as opposed to you going to rehab and introducing yourself hey we're new and we're sundowning right now and he wants to get out of bed even though he fell so it it just gets ugly really quickly if you're not prepared Mm -hmm. so having and that's part of what I do is I work with the family every step of the way to make sure that have you asked this question who have you talked to here you know and it's ridiculous and then you know it's like well should we call hospice Well, what's your choice? Do you want to do rehab and improve them? Because hospice isn't allowed in rehab. Well, I didn't know that. Counterintuitive. Yeah. Rehab is about restoring health. Mm -hmm. Hospice is about comfort care while passing. Mm -hmm. Right? So it makes sense. Yeah. Right? They're counter counterintuitive. So the the question then becomes, well, when do you make that decision? Mm-hmm. And then you would move your loved one to a care community, mm-hmm. a memory care community most likely. And then hospice can come in and that's covered by Medicare. That's the good news. Mm-hmm. And so then you get a case manager, a nurse, a doctor, uh, a chaplain. So you get all these people, but, but they all come in at different times. Mm-hmm. And most family members don't ask them questions. Yeah, it's amazing how much. many questions. It's like, all right, so you're going to move my person from 
rehab to a care community. How's that going to work? So you do the same process that you did from the hospital to rehab. Anytime you make a transition, you ask a million, okay, so I said a hundred, a hundred questions instead mm-hmm. of a million, uh, to ensure that they know you're coming, mm-hmm. they know who you are, they know who your loved one is, they know exactly what's happening, and you have carte blanche on what kind of questions you want to ask, mm-hmm. because this is your loved one, sure, and they're the ones supporting them, so that that's part of your care team. So that's that's really what the journey can look like if you wait until a fall happens and yeah. you're not prepared for it. This is a full-time job for people. Oh, absolutely. And then you you get home and you find whatever you, can, you forage for food. <laughs> and then you're sitting there and you can't sleep. Right. Because all you're thinking about is, are they okay? Right. Are they sleeping? Did right. they get their morphine? Did they get their medications? Is somebody watching over them? Is somebody making sure that they don't fall out of the bed? I mean, it's just one thought after another. Mm-hmm. So... That sense of anxiety is really what affects stress, mm-hmm. which affects diabetes, heart, right. you know, cholesterol, heart attacks, heart stroke. All of those things are affected by this level of stress. Well, and I would think to, in a sense, um, your job, right? Because you're oh, spending so much time. Yeah. Like not every job is that flexible that you can take yeah. time and just stop what you're doing to run over and take care of something that's maybe yes. just happened. Yes, and that's where siblings are supposed to come into play. <laughs> well, hopefully you have siblings, and right? Well, so that's why I said supposed to, too. Even if you do, that doesn't mean they signed right. up for it. Right, So right. you may be or the only... Or that they're local. Right, exactly. Yeah. So there's lots of factors there that mm-hmm. say, well, why am I the one, and I'm mm-hmm. the one who's... So then you have to have a conversation with your boss. Hey, yeah. you know, bad things happened. I need to take some time off. Right, right. So you do have a company called Alzheimer's Family Consulting Mm -hmm. and I assume that you've got lots of checklists and things that you share with people because you you talked about like having like legal things in place yes so that's a big part of it which I'm guessing a lot of people don't do that only 30 percent of people you wait for things to happen and then go oh shoot we better get this done right but it's almost after the fact probably most of the time exactly okay so what's your website my website is alzheimersfamilyconsulting.com, mm-hmm. and you can reach me at pam at itsnotthatsimple.com. I figured I'd, my email should be about the book, yes. but the all, the consulting side of the business is alzheimersfamilyconsulting.com. Okay, well, great. Thank Thanks for the update and for that information because we weren't able to cover that uh, when we met a few days ago, but I appreciate it, and we will have you back for more Well, Um, thank you. I I know that this is ever-evolving, right? Yes, absolutely. And we'll have progress with the Dementia Friendly Mesa, too. Yeah, that's exciting. It is. It is. All right. Thank you for the stats and information. I appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks, Sally. I appreciate it. Take care. Thank you. This has been a Mesa Chamber of Commerce Inside Business Podcast. You can find all podcast episodes at iTunes, Spotify, or your own favorite podcast website. You can also find them online at mesachamber.org. Content of this podcast is copyright the Mesa Chamber of Commerce, unless otherwise noted.